Doug Tyrrell History and Comment is available weekdays on iHeartRadio. Hello friends, I'm Doug Terrell. This is History and Comment for Wednesday, the 26th day of October, 2022. The Erie Canal opens across New York State in 1825. It allowed direct passage from the Hudson River to Lake Erie. Of course, the Hudson leads to the Atlantic Ocean. Canals were the rage for surface transportation for a decade or two in the early 19th century. If you're not familiar with the concept, canals were mostly man-made waterways where draft animals would pull boats from a path on the shore. Canals had issues. They were costly to build and maintain and were often unusable during cold winters. By the mid-1840s, railroads will prove to be more practical and replace them. Businessman C.W. Post is born in 1854. Post was involved in farm machinery manufacturing and land development in Texas. Despite his business prowess, Post had lifelong health issues. During his stay at the Kellogg Sanitarium in Battle Creek, Michigan, Kellogg was using cereals at Health Food for his patients. Post stole the recipes and began selling them to the public ahead of the Kellogg's. Post and Kellogg cereals still dominate the store shelves today. The historical event that has become entrenched in Western folklore actually happened on this day in 1881, when Wyatt Earp and his contingent confront the Cowboys at the O.K. Corral in Tombstone, Arizona. Actually, the gunfight was a few lots away from the corral itself. History tells us there were four on the Earp side and five Cowboys. The gunfight lasted all of 30 seconds. Virgil Earp was the lead lawman and not Wyatt. Two of the Cowboys were killed outright. Doc Holliday, Virgil, and Morgan Earp were all wounded. Historical accounts differ as to who the aggressors were, the Earps or the Cowboys. And the shootout did not end the feud between the two parties. The only thing that is clear, the two groups had a long history. Virgil Earp was a legal lawman, and the Cowboys acted as their own law. But then, some say Earp was acting more on a personal bias than actual law. Singer Mahalia Jackson is born in 1911. Jackson influenced popular music with her renditions of gospel and patriotic songs. The first electrical generator goes online at Hoover Dam in 1936. Hydropower is an old and long-used form of non-fossil power. It would be a fair question to ask why it has basically died in favor of fossil fuels. I think the answer is simple. It is not cost-efficient nor reliable enough. Game show host Pat Sajak is 76 today. Prior to his career on Wheel of Fortune, Sajak was a disc jockey for the Armed Forces Network stationed in Vietnam. He hosted the same Dawn Buster show that was made popular by Adrian Cronauer. Sajak followed Cronauer's tradition of signing on with the phrase, Good morning, Vietnam. Hillary Clinton is 77 today, maybe one of the most corrupt politicians in U.S. history since Boss Tweed. Mrs. Clinton still would like to be president. If she were to run in 2024 and get elected, she would be the oldest president ever. The likelihood of that happening is slim and none. Actor James Pickens Jr. is 68 today. Pickens is known for his continued role as Dr. Richard Weber on the television series Grey's Anatomy. Off the set, Pickens is active in rodeo team roping events and has a foundation that hosts charity rodeos. Try to picture the doctor as a bona fide cowboy. Did you know the name of the Grey's Anatomy series is a play on words? The name is from a still popular medical text first written in 1858 and now in its 30th edition. 
Pan American Airways makes the first commercial flight of the Boeing 707 from New York City to Paris in 1958. I cannot help but think that Steve Miller made reference to the iconic craft in his 1977 hit, Jet Airliner. Mohammad Reza Pahlavi becomes emperor of Iran in 1967. Known as the Shah, Pahlavi was just 26 at the time. The history of Iran from World War II to the Iranian Revolution in 1980 could take a full semester of study. Pahlavi and his father are leading figures, but British, U.S., and Soviet influences are significant. And then there are the imams. The Shah was largely independent in his thinking, but looked more towards the West and the U.S., and feared the Soviets. He led a major modernization of Iran, in many ways more Western. But the region is far from stable, and there were several attempted coups before the Ayatollah Khomeini succeeded in 1979. Khomeini, you may recall, was a hardline Islamist who was extremely anti-Western and by default anti-American. Singer Keith Urban is 55 today. He is what is known as a Kiwi, a native of New Zealand, but lived in Australia after the age of two. 1977, the last natural case of smallpox occurs. The viral disease is considered eradicated on this date and a triumph of modern medicine. Vaccines are not universally bad. The shenanigans with the recent episode are worrisome. We might want to find a way to distance medicine and government. The idea of peerage in Britain is a nearly foreign concept to Americans. We have heard some of the titles, but have little understanding of what they mean. Peerage is historically important in the House of Lords. While similar to our Senate, there are hundreds of seats in the House of Lords, some held by peers. Your title gets you a seat in government, at least historically. In 1999, the House of Lords votes to end the right of most hereditary peers to actually vote in the chamber. There have since been further limits on the traditional system. The Cedar Fire in central San Diego County, California ignites in 2003. The fire will be the third largest in the state's history. There are many factors in play, not the least of which is California's climate, which is conducive to fire growth. The simple fact that fire was more common on the landscape than it is today prior to the entrance of Europeans is also a large factor. Even in the eastern U.S., open areas were burnt over maybe every five to seven years. In the West, the same thing happened from natural causes. Fuels and brush did not build up. Some plants actually prefer frequent fires to thrive. Oak hardwood forests in the east are one, redwoods in the west another. Barbados native Rihanna is in the news this morning. She will have a single in the Marvel film Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The Hollywood premiere is tonight and it will hit theaters on November 11th. The Dr. Oz versus John Fetterman debate for the Pennsylvania Senate seat was held last night. Outside of I don't care for his positions, someone should kindly and quietly ask Mr. Fetterman to step aside. At the very least, demonstrate that his health issues are solely a speech issue and not cognitive. But being left-leaning, we could argue he had cognitive issues prior to his stroke. Everyone with a platform has a bias. The other day, I received my copy of the new book, Radio's Greatest of All Time, Rush Limbaugh. It is a review of his philosophy and radio career from a young DJ in Philadelphia to being awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Your opinion of the work will largely be influenced by your bias. Folks will either love it or dismiss it out of hand. Leafing through it this morning, I was reminded of some of his basic principles of small government, American exceptionalism, and the idea that America is one of the few places where a person can build something on their own. 
Like him or hate him, Rush Limbaugh was the powerhouse of talk radio for three decades. Through his skill as a radio personality, he built a very large, faithful audience and shaped three decades of American politics. He had an ability to inspire people to greater things and not depend on the government for significance. He was not an overnight success, but he managed to leverage a shot hosting a talk show in Sacramento, California, into a national icon to promote individualism and the willingness to take a chance. Sometimes you will fail, but occasionally you will win. The lengthy quote from Teddy Roosevelt comes to mind. Roosevelt was another inspiring character. Initially, he was sickly and of poor health, but pushed himself to strenuous activity. The quote goes, It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. That's History and Comment for the 26th day of October. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.